Today is Monday, December 2nd, 2013, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and um, today Our Lady gave a message for the world, December the 2nd, the day dedicated as a day of prayer for non-believers. Last week, a friend of Medjugorje was in Mississippi, and and he spoke uh, very powerfully about the direction that the world is headed. And he said that the world was on a collision course with the future that there was going to be a confrontation that's going to happen between God and the world, and Medjugorje is at the crossroads of that confrontation, and that Our Lady's here to guide us, to put us on a path, so that we won't be lost in the confrontation or killed in that confrontation, but rather that we might be able to put on the path seamlessly that God has for the future, and that we need to make a decision for the correct path. And so Our Lady has been coming on the second of the month speaking to non-believers, which includes those of her children who are also listening to her and living her messages. And this is a time for us to reflect upon the words that Our Lady has given to us to help us to be on the right path uh, to avoid that collision that's going to happen in the future. So as we begin this broadcast, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. And they were going to say a clash. Our Lady has made it clear through her messages. She helps us to see this through her actions. She even tells us, look around me, look around poor children at the signs of the times. Way back in 1989, March 24th, Our Lady said, I wish, dear children, that you start from today this is 1989, to live a different life. Why not the way of the life of the world? What was so bad in 1989? Yes, it was bad, but nothing compared to what it is now. Not even close. We can't even imagine some of the laws being endorsed that a president would endorse abomination, that he would reinvent marriage. He'd put himself above God and say, this is by law what you have to do try to pass other ordinances and laws in Congress to say you can't even discriminate against this. We'll close your businesses down if you won't make wedding cakes, if you will not make wedding cakes. All these things happening. And we can foresee that to live different a different life. I saw it. I could never imagine where we are today, but I understood what Our Lady was saying 
to live differently, to not go on with the sports thing, not to go on with the music, not to go on with the television, but turn away beginning a new life to live different. And thank God at that path way back then, I and others started that path to change. Our lady was fresh from leaving here just one month before that. She was there January 25th. This is uh, two months actually after this message. And so we were filled with the zeal of Our Lady and her enthusiasm that she brought here with the messages being very happy. And we wanted to do everything we could to do what she asked. And Caritas in that way is a manifestation of these messages. And today Our Lady came and gave a message that says many things that we haven't heard before. A long message as we date the the year of 32 years of apparitions, we begin to see now in the second of the month that Our Lady is lengthening these messages. Why the 25th, in some ways, have gotten shorter. Why is that? Because part of it's a clash. Us in confrontation with those who don't believe. And she spoke real clearly about this today. Our Lady of Medjugorje's December 2nd, 2013 Monthly message on the day of non-believers through Mariana. Dear children, with a motherly love and a motherly patience, I am looking at your ceaseless wandering and how lost you are. That is why I am with you. I desire to help you to first find and come to know yourself so that then you would be able to recognize and to admit everything that does not permit you to get to know the love of the Heavenly Father honestly and wholeheartedly. My children, the Father comes to be known through the cross. Therefore, do not reject the cross. Strive to comprehend and accept it with my help. When you will be able to accept the cross... You will also understand the love of the Heavenly Father. You will walk with my Son and with me. You will differ from those who have not come to know the love of the Heavenly Father, those who listen to Him but do not understand Him, those who do not walk with Him, who have not come to know Him. I desire for you to come to know the truth of my Son and to be my apostles, that as children of God, you may rise above the human way of thinking and always and in everything seek God's way of thinking anew. My children, pray and fast that you may be able to recognize all of this which I am seeking of you. Pray for your shepherds and long to come to know the love of your heavenly Father in union with them. Thank you. Jonathan Swift said, vision is the art of seeing those things unseen. And Ali gives these messages, and she says that you must pray to comprehend the greatness of the message. As we know, Maria has said these things that she writes down on paper are not what a lady says. You have to pick them up only through prayer. At the great heights that Maria receives them, infused in her, understanding the definitions and the meaning of the words, can only be regrasped by us from reduced ink on paper back to us, and the fullness that we're supposed to see them is through prayer. Our lady says, My children, 
Pray and fast that you may be able to recognize all this. What is this? What is this this of this message are they saying today? To me, I was very excited about this message because there's many things in here a lady's never said before. It's a very powerful message. One thing she never said before is you would defer, or differ rather, from those who have not come to know the love of the Heavenly Father. What does that mean? Well, we'll discuss this more as we go progress because it's deep, much deeper than we can just explain one sentence or two sentences. But if there's one thing that came to us and came to the world to really show us in the beginning days to get off the fence. That's what this message I quoted where Alay says to begin to live differently. On May 2nd, 2011, I says to begin to live anew and differently. Another time she said this. Alay says on May 2nd, 2007, you will look at the world around you with different eyes. Our lady won't, does not want us to follow everybody else. She wants us to defer from that, differ from that. And so that 1988 message, I, or rather 18, 1989 message, I wish, dear children, that you start from today to live a different life. If you've gone to Medjugorje, if you converted and, you, and you're doing the same things, you're not living differently, you're not following the messages. This goes way back to the beginning decade that she started apparitions in 1981. So our lady's trying to get us today in this message to admit and be honest completely wholeheartedly about evaluating ourselves and where we are with this. And there's one thing I wrote long years ago. I don't remember what booklet it was in about being on the fence. Do y'all remember what that was? And I wrote a whole writing about on the fence. And many of us are there even still today. That Our Lady really is giving these messages that don't stay on the fence. You either go one way or the other. She says before, you decide. She's not telling us, forcing us to come to her by, by trickery or or even tidbits of deceiving us. She's trying to educate us that we can make a decision. And that decision is to go toward God, seek Him, or go the other way. But the middle ground, the fence is not, you can't stay on it anymore. And the wind will blow you off. We see this happening. When people that go through the process of conversion, they really have to see where they're going to stand for. They can't be in the middle sitting on the fence. They don't even know what they stand for or what they or what they should be standing for against. And this is where most people are. This is what I said today. That is why I'm with you. I desire to help you f- to first find yourself. We've heard that a lot. Go find yourself. And I'm cutting the message on in two because she says, and come to know yourself. The whole part of the message, I desire to help you to first find and come to know yourself. So then you would be able to recognize and admit everything that does not permit you to get to know the love of the Heavenly Father, honestly and wholeheartedly. And so when you go through the process of conversion, what happens? You get the cross. You get a cross you never had before. What's the purpose of that? To get you off the fence. 
to make you not stay in the middle anymore. Because Revelation says, I'll either spew you out, if, be hot or cold, be yes or no, or I'll spew you out of my mouth. Tough words of Christ. Recorded Revelations. So the purpose of the cross is to get us to get on our knees and pray. Once we do that, the old page we live on in our life changes. Lamplight flickers Run down motel Counting cobwebs Too many to tell Set adrift on life's open seas With no particular When calling me On the dresser A book caught my eye It had a title that I recognized I opened it to John chapter 3 Then I felt the Spirit as I began to read Cause I was somewhere in the middle Sitting on a fence Not knowing what to stand for Or what to stand against I knew I had to get down On my knees and pray When I read that old book I turned a new back to when I left home Thought I was strong enough to do it alone But the weight on my shoulders kept dragging me down I got so lost, thought I couldn't be found Then as I read verse 16 My fears were washed away and I believe For God so loved the world He gave His one and only Son That I'd be saved I was somewhere in the middle Sitting on a fence Not knowing what to stand for Or what to stand against I knew I had to get down On my knees and pray that old book I turned a new lady said today that the Father comes to be known through the cross. And typically, when we think of the cross, we think of Jesus and what he suffered on the cross, what he did to save us on the cross. And really, when I think of the cross, 
I think if I'm thinking of the Father, that when Jesus prayed to the Father and asked that the cup be passed from him, that he was met with silence. And when Jesus was dying on the cross, he was abandoned by the Father. So I'm seeing through Our Lady's words today that there's something more present there about the Father that she wants us to see. So what it is, what is it that we can learn about the Father through the cross that Our Lady wants us to see? Well, he suffered as much as Jesus did in the sense that does God suffer? But when you, when you see the Word made flesh turned into human form and being given to Mary and being raised, and I was just thinking about this the other day, never was God not watching him. I mean, we know God's all-knowing. He's all-watching. He's beginning and the end. But to, to entru- even to entrust him to Mary... I was contemplating this. Then trust even a vulnerable child who is God, even to somebody human like Mary, is is an incredible amount of trust. And we can say even God, when he makes a soul and he puts it in us and it's fused in us, the soul is part of him. It's from him. Whereas who begots that? Who begat that? It's him himself. And so it's a loss every time somebody goes to hell. To God, and of course they're avarice toward God, they're angry toward God, and there's non-believers, and there's all kinds of reasons that maybe they may be excused, and maybe they make it to purgatory. We don't know all these things, but one thing we know is that when Jesus died on the cross, or or the cross that comes to that, how we know God, Father, more is that if Our Lady tells us to see in our neighbor Christ. And you'll see that, and you'll come closer to Heavenly Father. It can't be. It can't help but be the same thing that in us, God sees through our persecutions, through us carrying the cross, His Son. And that's why Our Lady says today, "Carry your cross. It's your cross. It's not Jesus's." And that's why we've been dishonest with ourselves. This. This is why I am with you and desire to help you first find and come to know yourself. On November, last month, second of the month, our lady said, I am calling you to love continually, to pray for the gift of, the, of love, to love the Heavenly Father above everything. When you love Him, you will love yourself and your neighbor. She goes on and says, Have a personal relationship with the Father. It won't happen except through the cross. Once that happens and you suffer, you grow intimate with God the Father in that way. And you'll always go on your knees from that. Conviction and conversion go hand in hand in this. Invite you to an experience of a lifetime. December 8th through 12th, the five days of the reconciling of ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God. A prayerful gathering to implore the mercy of God upon our families and nation. America was given a beautiful gift on Thanksgiving Day 
November 24, 1988, the Virgin Mary appeared in an open field, consecrating the spot by her heavenly visitation. Yes, today Our Lady appeared and she was very happy when she came. She announced through the Medjugorje visionary Maria Lunetti, she was here to help us and that she would intercede for you to God for all your intentions. Experience Our Lady. Experience Retreat. Experience Christmas. Experience a place fragranced by the Queen of the Angels herself and leave moved deep within your heart. With Our Lady appearing in Medjugorje, come to a special place she's visited, designated, and allow Our Lady to enlighten you in regard to God's plans to renew the face of the earth, nay, even all of creation. For more information, call Caritas at 205-672-2000. Listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Our Lady's come to teach us so many things about the Father because we've lacked that in the family, the ridicule, his position. In fact, in Isaiah 3.12, it talks about children are the oppressors and women rule over them. The oppressors of who? Of the men and the leaders. This is in the scriptures. This has happened in past history. Satan wants to reverse the roles. And we have people child-centered today running a family with women ruling over them. Look it up. Isaiah 3, 12. It's incredible. So this has happened in past history and it happened in the Garden of Eden. Adam made of the fruit after Eve did and he did what his wife told him to do. And Satan's always trying to reverse the roles with that. And so God the Father is not known by a lot of non-believers because the Father in the home isn't there in the way that's respected that people can learn how to love that. So God sends the mother to cure that, to help find it or heal the scars from it. You'll never be healed from it. That's what's wrong with the culture. And Jesus walked in, his, and you might say Jesus walked in God's shoes. In other words, he, God the Father, everything he did was for that trying to stand tall in, in, in front of people when they wanted to berate him, ridicule him. And his silence and his example and his witness of what he did as his life, not just coming here and getting miracles, I got power to do this, or I can drop all the soldiers down in the guard, temple guards in the Garden of Gethsemane on Holy Thursday night. He didn't exercise that. Our Lady says Jesus could have won with, with his power, but he didn't. And we have constantly an imagination of God of who we think he is, not as he really is. Our lady's told this also. But God is a father. Jesus is a son. And when we're honest with ourselves, we can see that. We can understand why we're in the shape we're in. We're out of balance. We're chasing the wrong thing. We're looking only for the dollar. And we have failed on every account to come back to God and seek Him. 
And I used to him, you may rise above the human way of thinking and always in everything seek God's way of thinking anew. So we need to walk like Jesus did. We need to walk in Jesus' shoes, shoes just as the same to learn how to love the Father. And Jesus came to show us that. And God didn't spare him adversity. God didn't spare him the storms of life. God didn't make things pleasant even at his birth. And what kind of witness is that? What kind of father would do that? I want my sons and my daughter to have adversity in their life and to deal with it and learn how to be still positive about life and climb through those things. I think I wrote that about the second last month. Give me a son who knows adversity. If everything goes your way, how will they meet any challenges in life? This is one of the things in marriages where there's difficulties. You hear people call us all the time and say, well, I'm just going to quit or I'm going, I'm going to divorce or I'm going to separate. You, what does that teach your children? Be quitters. Stick it out. We've got a chapter in How to Change a Husband, Woe to the Abusive Husband, who, who <clears throat> was abused by her husband, was hit by her husband. And God took him because she became a victim and lived perfectly. But what that did for the kid, had she, the kids, because I think there was eight or ten kids. I don't remember exactly. Said how to change the husband. You can look that up. It taught them to stay committed in life, that you don't quit, you don't give up. And that's what Jesus is wanting to show us today. Our Lady wants to echo his life, that we don't quit. We take our cross. She said today, do not reject the cross. She's never said that before. Why? Because we got a future of crosses in, in, in front of us. And if you, if you started when we started years ago, you can start carrying those crosses now. Or if you don't, you don't want to accept them now, it's going to come on you. And it's going to be a lot heavier than carrying it one bag at a time when you're taking groceries out of your car. you got to take all of them out at one, time, one moment. And so we're to walk in the shoes of Jesus. We're to follow his ways and apply that first to the Father in the house. Made it to every ball game Unless he just had to go to work He always said a man's gotta juggle his time and his money And he's got to know what each one is worth He taught me so many things Even when he wasn't trying to When I'm in a situation I can't figure out I just ask myself What would he do? I'm walking in my father's shoes He's never let me down that's a lot to live up to Stumbling, falling Trying to stand tall and Walking in my father's shoes I'm balancing my checkbook Balancing my life Chasing down the dollar Trying to buy some time Jump out in the fast lane Sometimes 
risk it all Running myself right down to a crawl Then I get up on Sunday morning And get down on my knees Always feel that he's right there listening, giving me direction and giving me strength. I'm walking in my father's shoes. He's never let me down, and that's a lot to live up to. Stumbling, falling. Trying to stand tall and walking in my father's shoes. Yes, I'm stumbling, falling. Trying to stand tall and walking in my father's shoes. There is a wealth of words that Our Lady has given us today in the message to meditate on, to think about, and to put into life. A question about something that Our Lady said in the message today. Our Lady speaks about those who we will defer from, those who not come to know the love of the Heavenly Father, uh, and then those who don't walk with Him, who have not come to know Him. In between there, though, she throws another sentence in there, and she says, those who listen to him but do not understand him. And this is different from those who hear him and aren't listening. She's, she's specifically saying the people who are listening to him but don't understand them, and they're all categorized, uh, those who don't know the love of the Heavenly Father, those who don't walk with him, those who haven't come to know him, as the people listening to him but not understanding him. So there's a, um, obviously there's, some, there's people that Our Lady has in mind here, and I, I'm in my mind thinking is there is there something is there is there something specific our lady's getting at when she's mentioning these people who listen to him and she again not people who hear him but aren't listening but people who are actually listening to him but don't understand him well this is one of the things that struck me the most about the message this morning uh you don't you don't expect to see a message or lady say something like this because she has to walk a delicate line. She's trying to get us to reach out to the non-believers. She's trying to get us to witness the non-believers, trying to love them as our neighbor, to see Christ in everybody and as your brother. She says, love those who which hatred comes to you from. She says, to love those who you hate. A strange message in some ways because she says, for her children, she says, love those who you hate. Because if we're honest with ourselves, there's things that we, we do hate in people. And so she's really washing us and purifying us and saying, you need to be honest with yourself, wholehearted. Don't, don't, don't deceive yourself. If you got to find yourself, you got to know yourself, and then you would be able to recognize and admit everything that does not permit you to know the love of the Heavenly Father, honestly and wholeheartedly. We have to admit this. 
that all of us have paganism in us. All of us have idols that we, we follow in one way or another. It could be chocolate. It could be a statue. It could be Buddha, whatever. We have all these things. And so now a lady comes along and says, all these years telling us, be, be a witness to these people, be, be loved to them. And now she says, you, by following the Heavenly Father and walking with my son and with me, you will dif- differ from those who have not come to know the love of the Heavenly Father. And then as those who listen to him but do not understand him, they're the most dangerous people there are. They're in the church. They feel in the church. And we're supposed to defer from them or differ from them. Not defer. That's two different words. Defer means to, to give, defer and postpone it. Uh, defer means to uh, not accept, to not be in accord with, to be at variance with them, to dispute them. So how is it now she's saying two different things seemingly, well, if we're supposed to differ from these people, how are we to witness to them? Well, uh, a Roman historian showed that. He wrote about the early Christians and he said, see how they love one another. And words, the lady tells us, go into community. Be one single-minded people. To do that, you have to separate. And that's what differ means. To separate. A division. And this is an incredible statement today. Because for the first time, the lady says, separate from these people. I hear every week on the radio, Christians talking about, well, we got to love them and we got we to be with them. No. You do not. You got a witness to them that you won't follow their way. You won't submit to their way. You're not going along with their sin. And you can welcome them if they want to repent. But if they don't, then you separate. Get away from them. It makes me sick, sick to hear, well, you know, my children are screwed. I just feel like they'd be a witness. No, your children are going to be like them if you, if you don't separate them. Why did the early church go into communities, the Thessalonians, the Corinthians, because they knew they could no longer stay amidst pagans without coming back into pagan practices and falling. You have to get out of that. Why did I say in 1988, indicate to Maria, to build a community here? Well, we're a window to the future. And we bring a lot of pagans into the church or into becoming Christians. And it, we got a long history of this. And people of many faiths are following what we do here. We was at a situation down here in, in, our, in a town. It's not even a legal, legal town. It's just a history. It's, it's a place that we're listed underneath. We got Stewart, we got Vanderbilt, we got places like that. And we said at one of the meetings that we are um, a separate community. We're different. Well, they didn't like that. They want us all to be in one community. But we're not part of the community. We live differently. And we don't mind saying we live differently from they do. We're not saying we're any better than them. We know, God, we're more responsible. We're more responsible that God has shown us to live differently. March 24, 1989, I wish, dear children, that you start from today to live a different life. It's an amazing thing that our lady says, you will defer, or you will differ from those who have not come to know the love of God. Heavenly Father, you, you aren't supposed to be 
going out with them and entangling yourself with them and doing everything they do and say, well, I don't agree with that, but I, I have to, how can I fellowship? You fellowship with them with your witness, living separately, that you don't go along with what they do. And this is a big, big mistake in the church today. And that's why our lady added the incredible words, those who listen to him but do not understand him, they think they're supposed to be amalgamated with them. They think they're supposed to be walking with them. And this is a lot of it is abominable, abominables. That, well, you know, we got to love them and we got to hate the sin. No, you're loving them and you tolerate the sin. This will send people to hell. God destroys Sodom for it. Where's your courage to stand up and defer with them or differ from them? It says, I don't agree with this. I'm, you're in dispute. And I don't want you as a friend that way. You can't be my friend. Convict them. What would ever make them think to change? I've written about this over and over and over, and I have people from overseas write and say, thank you for telling the truth because I never thought about this, and I'm going to change my lifestyle. If you really love people, you don't want them to go to hell. If you really love them, you don't want them to go to purgatory. And you're going to sit there and say, well, we can be friends, and I tolerate them. No, don't tolerate the sins. Read Romans Romans. 1, 1832. It's real clear. Yes, the excuse comes up that we're sinners. We're no different. Well, the Ten Commandments are the Ten Commandments. Continuous violation of one of them will make you go to hell if you're fragrant and disregard them as much as number two or number eight, whatever you want to break. But there's sins, too, that become unnatural and degrade the society. And affects me and my family and you and your family. And so everybody sins. That's not in question. That's not self-righteous. But we, we, never, we never do that here. But there's sins in society being accepted and tolerated. They're not accepted, but they're tolerated. And you're just as wrong as they are. And so Our Lady comes today walking this thin line because she wants us to understand we got to reach out to the sinner. we got to tell them. we got to show them you don't want to stay on this path. You'll die eternally. And yes, God judges everybody in the end. But we got a very clear definition of natural law and what it is or natural uh, application of, of what is right and what's wrong. You can go to any primitive culture, they know not to murder. It's just written in the Spirit. You got everything. Procreation shows you clearly how relationships are supposed to be. So you don't need to have a rule for it. It's written in the heart. And everybody knows that. And try to uh, legislate it into being can never happen. And will never happen. We'll always revert back to what's natural and the way God makes things made things. Its core principles are in nature itself. That's what we call natural law, the natural law of God. You can't differ from it, no matter how much you try, no matter how many laws you try to pass. And so we understand that the blessing we have God gives to us, that he shows us, is something that we, we, can, we can follow in a special way that others haven't done yet. And in many ways, this message today is a real pioneer message. A pioneer in the sense that um, we, we're at Caritas Pioneers. We see that. There's a song we play called Pioneers. One stanza, and it, is, it shows that you got to take the persecutions. you got to have the bullets shoot you. you you got you got to stand up to it. 
And you can be hated, but you won't hate. You're going to love in spite of that. And so this message is a pioneer message that says defer or differ rather than those who who have not come to know the love of the Heavenly Father. To stand apart. You know, the pioneers, they, they get the errors, shot at them, and then everybody else wants to go into the fort when it's built. What that means is those that are always calling our apostles, you're going to get shot up. You're going to get persecuted. You're going to be accused. We've gone 27 years of this. We've had every kind of error that shot, could be shot at us. But a lot of things we broke the ice on 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 12 years ago, two years ago. Others in the Medjugorje world are, are doing themselves. The force built. We took all the heat in a lot of ways. Our ladies used us as an icebreaker over and over and over and over again. Because we don't mean we don't mind saying what we need to say, and so these words in this stanza is something that you are called to be. You're called to be this pioneer. Let your heart not be troubled. I won't run when points chase me. See, we have Our Lady walking with us. We don't have to know where we're going. We don't have to worry about if the bullets hit us or not. We just have to do what she says. And we'll find our way. She tells us, you're ceaseless wandering and how lost you really are. I don't feel lost in the way of life Our Lady's given to us. I feel we've been on course for a long, long time. Now, the way we live is a perfect way of life. We fail it. We can get lost in that path. But we know the life she's shown us is a good way and a good path to take. And so we're not troubled by that or our future, even if, even if we're, our lives are taken. Because we've been following her so long, we know this is the way to go. Pioneer. I wanted to ask uh, about a different part of the message. We used to listen to a, a preacher long ago who coined the phrase, stinking thinking. And she knew a lot about that because she grew up in a very vile home and converted to Christianity when she was an adult and was filled with what she called stinking thinking. 
And it was a remarkable story of how she used the Word of God to attack each and every error that she had in her life and is a lifetime process. But Our Lady brings this up in this message and says, You may rise above the human way of thinking and always and in everything seek God's way of thinking anew. So what is the importance of seeking always and everything God's way of thinking versus a human way of thinking? Well, everything we have is a blessing. If you don't have much, you're walking, you have eyesight. We live in a in a time that's a blessing itself. The convenience is offered to us, the wealth is offered to even the poorest people. What's at hand for us is incredible. Everything's a blessing. And so we have to think more in seeking God's way of thinking that our Father give us this day our daily bread. He does this constantly for us. He's not just giving us bread. He's giving us meat. He's giving us every, every, so much more plenty than past civilizations have had, even as I wrote today about kings. It's an amazing thing. Do we, do we look at that hot water coming out as a real blessing? You would if you was in Medjugorje in the 80s and you had to take a cold shower in the middle of January. It's painful because when you get out, there's no place to go get heat. It's awful. But we don't, but even that's, they got running water. It's a blessing. See, even in that, you always have a blessing. But do we see it? Do we? It's absurd what our lady's asking us, as we might think. And people think their life is so <clears throat> bad in certain situations. But is it? Can you always see a blessing? Robbie Zachariah, I was listening to him this week. He's a Protestant minister. I've spoken about him before. He was in India, and this girl came up to him in her 20s, and she said that she needed to talk to him, and, and she was pretty shaken, really upset. And he said, well, go ahead, and, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you. And she said that her mother was a very, very beautiful woman, for India, really an outstanding woman, and that her dad and her and got married, and he immediately was jealous because of her beauty. Everywhere she went, he was so jealous of her. And through the years, this jealousy grew to where he didn't trust her. And he went on from there and was always accusing her of this or that. And one day he came in with a briefcase, and he asked her in front of the daughter to go in another room. And when she pulled out a bottle of acid and threw it in her face. When he did this, of course, he ran away. He disappeared and never came back. And she was telling this story to him. And she said she don't know what to do now because he had just recently called. And he's out on the streets and he has cancer. And he has nowhere to go. And he wanted his, her, her mother to come take care of him. And she said it was God's will for her to do that. She was going to do it. And she said she couldn't forgive him or even that her mother do that. Zachariah's advice to him was, to her rather, is to let God do this. To let her mother 
follow the will of the Father. And yet she couldn't do it. He just said he just held her while she shook and said, just let it go. And we don't see this as a blessing, but this woman who she also described Rabbi Zachariah was so ugly that people scorned her and couldn't even look at her face. And yet, she's blessing her ex-husband or her husband who ran away. How is it that she can do this and bless him? And how is it the daughter can't see the blessing in this that this soul can be healed? So we don't realize the blessings we have and the other difficulties people have, like this poor girl, and looking at the blessings in the correct way that they can rise up above human ways to think because it doesn't make sense for this wife to do this. But our lady's calling for heroic virtue that you may rise up above human way of thinking and always, in other words, always, 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 our lady's pointing to, and always and everything seek God's way of thinking anew. This is what Jesus did. He did the same thing for me because I threw acid in his face every time I sinned. I disfigured him. Maria, when she was pushed off the trail on the second day of the apparitions, saw Jesus in his suffering. And you know what our lady did in that apparition? Or Jesus did. His face was veiled. Because they knew these kids couldn't bear seeing him in his full suffering. So they saw Jesus through a veil which softened it up. And this woman disfigured for life, very beautiful, goes to this dying man to take care of him. Jesus has done the same thing for you. What is your blessings? Everything is blessings. It comes in all forms and all ways. For blessings, we pray for peace, comfort for family, protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. spoken need Yet love is way too much to give us lesser things Cause what if your blessings come through raindrops What if your healing comes through tears What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know your need in disguise We pray for wisdom Your voice to hear 
We cry in anger when we cannot feel you near We doubt your goodness We doubt your love As if every promise from your word is not enough Just as Jonathan Swift said, vision is the art of seeing those things unseen. The rain, the storms, the hardest nights are your mercies in disguise. How many things do we not see because we're not praying, we're not fasting, and we don't recognize it? My children, pray and fast that you may recognize, or rather that you may be able to recognize all of this. This is in this message. This message is profound and it's deep. To get the ink off the paper into your heart and become profound, you have to pray, you have to fast. Our Lady said, May 2nd, 2009, you're rejecting me. To me, that's scary words. Who is me? March 18th, 1996, do not reject from yourselves the name of God that you may not be rejected. Accept my messages that you may be accepted. My messages, that's Our Lady. It's interesting enough that she says before that, do not reject from yourselves the name of God that you may not be rejected. And that she ends it with, accept my messages that you may be accepted. She's always on the positive side. June 11th, 1984. 
The love which I give you is great, but sometimes you reject it. There's not a lot of things in our life that's real. People, they always got the guards up. There's always a facade advertising the way of life. People aren't authentic. Everything is a facade in so many ways in this culture. Your props, your displays, people's lives. What's really real? Is a lady real? Is she just a memory? Is she just a myth? There's nothing more real to the scientists who studied the visionaries, who learned by studying Maria of all six visionaries, goes deepest into ecstasy. And in that depth of ecstasy that she goes into, they've proven scientifically with the best, greatest, most advanced test in the world that she's entering into a realm of more reality. Mary is real. The most real connection we have from man today to heaven. She said once, never has heaven been so near. She's relayed to us through messages through various ways that she's our connection right now to the Father. Yes, I know the Bible verse that says no one goes to the Father except through Jesus. But she's bringing us to Jesus. Jesus is bringing us to the Father. You know her realness, all of you out there who follow her, because she's touched in a real way. Oh, how real Mary is. We've all experienced that touch. We've all experienced how she comes to us. And when we watch an nativity, we see these things and we wonder about Our Lady. We don't really know who this woman is. We cannot comprehend her. And I often think of Yvonne, who never was able to see John Paul, right after he died, was able to see him in the apparition of Our Lady. And you know what John Paul was doing? He was staring in awe, never taking his eyes off of the Holy Virgin Mary in the apparition. He didn't look at Yvonne. He was just looked completely mesmerized. Her realness, what she did, all these things in all these years, the real Mary, the real Virgin of Nazareth is coming to us. We stare at our nativities and we think that they're just something made out of stone or plastic or whatever. But this season, we need to contemplate what is real in our life today. I can't imagine going through this period of history, this period of time, without Mary. My love for her grows, especially when I see a message like this. And it makes me want to be better, to please her, to change. Is it easy? No, because just as much as we grow in grace, just as much Satan wants to attack us. But it's why we need to cling to what really is real. Frozen statues in the cold, washed in moonlight, blue and gold. Mary's babe in plastic hay, quiet wonder. On her face Mary, you look so serene Far too pretty, much too clean 
might think we know you well But what stories would you tell Of all the dirt and dust and shame Every burning labor pain And as I turn to walk away I hear you We held out for a long, long time to all these apparitions because they were real. We never shied away from speaking to people about it. And we were often rejected, not just by Catholics, or rather not just by Protestants, but by Catholics themselves. It didn't matter to us. 
We knew she was real. We knew her apparitions were real. So real that she was really part of our life. We've experienced those things. She's touched us. Nobody can make us not believe what we know has kissed our hearts, given us miracles, guided us, saved us, propelled us to where we are today in her way of life. And now, the profoundness of her and what she's doing and the relationship that we've had with Our Lady, we see Protestants coming to us, telling us that they believe they can accept her and they want a relationship with her. And I'm not just talking about ones and twosies. We're getting this all the time now. I think God we held out because we believe what is real. Mary's coming into my life. She lives in this community. She's wanting to live in your home. Where are you with that? Do you shy away from it? Are you atheistic and part of it and part of it not? Maybe I have to, can't push too far, too hard. Read, they fire the first shot. She's all the way through it. No apologies. We can't back down from what we know. Jesus, where will we go? We've given up everything for you. Mary is real. She is here to show us that Jesus is real. And once you believe that, then we know Satan is real. The reality that we live in today, in our culture, is not real. Everything is passing. You'll see that. You'll see that judgment. And thank God, even this Protestant woman singing this song, where did she get these words from? What moves her to say that? Did she really turn away from nativity and hear, I am real? Don't turn me into a memory or myth. Let me be real, and I'll show you what it means to love like this, to be real. Thank God our lady's here. I don't know where I would be without her presence. I don't know where the world would be. You can answer these questions in the same way I have. We love you. Wish you a lady. Good night.